Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. I want to give a special shout out to our executive producer, Elijah Merrill, and our producer, Sheldon Boyce. Uh, They are the ones who do all the heavy lifting uh, and make sure that this podcast goes out each and every week. I'd also like to take some time to thank you, the listener. Thank you for allowing us to invade your space. If you find these podcasts helpful, please share them with a friend, family member, whoever uh, you come in contact with. We'd very much appreciate that. Um, If you want to know more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, just head on over to our website at crosswinds.church, crosswinds.church. Well, this is going to be an interesting episode. We we haven't really done anything like this before, Um, but one of the... The method, actually, we, we teach people here. I mean, uh, people can study the Scripture using a ton of different methods, but the one we've sort of adopted uh, as crosswinds is the SOAP method. Uh, comes from a man by the name of Wayne Cadero. SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Um, last year, uh, the last, uh, so from September uh, till December, our connect groups, which are our small groups, use SOAP as a way of studying the book of Titus, and this year, as we go through the New Testament, we've actually challenged our entire church family to go through the New Testament within this year. Um, but our connect groups are going to be sort of tagging on to that. And when they gather, look at sort of the reading of that day. Some of the groups will be doing it a little differently. Uh, but they'll be using the SOAP method within the discussion. And so our executive pastor, Betty Ryan, asked if it would be uh, beneficial uh, to actually do a podcast using SOAP. And so you actually will tell us whether it was or not. We decided it was worth doing. Um, but but I, want to, I want to share with you a couple of things. First of all, none of us prepared ahead of time. I did that on purpose. If you're in a connect group, you will get more out of the study and everyone else if everyone comes prepared. So if you have done your, your SOAP study in your personal time, then come to the connect group, that connect group experience will be richer uh, when it comes to studying scripture. But I purposely didn't want us to prepare because I want to encourage the Connect Groups leaders out there, especially who are listening to this, that if you have a group that doesn't come prepared, it doesn't mean that the discussion um, is going to be uh, useless, uh, that there's power in studying God's Word together. And so we're going to go through it as people who haven't prepared, <laughs> except for previous studies, who knows when, Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, one of the individuals who's on this, I just recruited right before we did this uh, to come in here, and so I had no idea what we were about to do. So what are we going to do? We're going to look at the book of Philemon. We're going to actually go through the entire book, which really isn't as long as it sounds. It's one chapter. Um, Takes less than two minutes to read. If you're, a, if you're in a connect group, um, how would you do this? Well, you could have people just silently read through uh, on their own. You could have one person volunteer to read the passage for that time of study. Or what we're going to do is we're going to go around the room and uh, just read until we're done, and the next person will pick up until we have the, the chapter done. Um, Truth be told, we start with Betty. Betty has the greeting. Betty Ryan's here with us. Betty, thanks for being here with us. Yeah, look forward to it. Uh, we have Elijah Merrill, who's here with us. Thanks, Elijah. Of course. And then we have Ryan Samuels, who's in the house. What's up, what's up? <laughs> and so, truth be told, um, without even thinking, I said, Betty, you'll start us. Betty has the greeting. 
And so I, I say this for two reasons, because there's a ton of names. And I think one of the best things you can tell people in your group and, and encourage one another is, this is a time where if you mess up a name, who cares? Um, they're not there. They're not going to be offended. Um, just pronounce it the best you can, and we're just going to move on. The only names I think in this in the, it would be in the first line, Paul would be a name we should probably pronounce pretty well. Um, Christ Jesus, that would be one That's we might want to get well, and maybe Timothy. Um, be, beyond that, even uh, people call Philemon Philemon. Um, who's right? I don't know. I, I'm not able to ask the dude. Um, all I know is, is however you pronounce it, it doesn't change what God wants to do in your life. So I, I, I think it's important that we, we create an environment where people can massacre a few, few names for the sake of digging into Scripture. And so that, that's sort of something I would say. The other thing is there's key questions that we look at in both the the observation and the application that people want to be aware of. So um, what I'm going to do in a minute, and we're like uh, almost five minutes into the podcast, and so you can time how long this actually takes to do this with four people. Um, it's not going to be as long as you would think, and we can get a lot out of it. But I'm going to sort of enter into the study, okay? So I'm going to act like, because we are, We're going to study the book of Philemon together, and from this point forward, when I say go, I'm going to be the small group leader, the connect group leader, and we're all going to be the participants. Okay, ready? Go. So if I brought him in, we're brought in, we're going to be looking at the the book of Philemon, and so Betty has, has volunteered to actually start the reading. We'll go around the group like we usually do. And uh, we'll just sort of read until you feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable reading, just look at the person next to you, and they'll they'll pick up. Um, for the sake of this, don't do that. Um, read something, um, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll go from there. But just be reminded of the questions that as we read through it, um, there's really a few questions we'll want to ask ourselves. So that'll be part of the observation part of soap. Um, what do I learn about God? So as we're reading through it and someone else is reading, sort of be mindful of that. What do I learn about others and myself? And then here's, here's a key one. Is there a command to follow, a promise to claim, or a sin to avoid? Because we're going to ask what, what really has stuck out as we talk about the observation of this chapter. Then we'll go into application questions and then prayer. So, Betty, uh, let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start. Father God, thank you so much just for allowing us this opportunity to study your word. Um, I ask that as we um, seek to master your word, that your word would master us. That it would be more than words on a page. It would be more than academic knowledge. But, Lord, that it would be true wisdom. You tell us that your word is living and active. And so as we study it, we don't want it to sort of remain in a study. We want it something that applies to our life, something that transforms us as your disciple and allows us not just to glorify you, but to be blessed and as blessed people, bless others. And so thank you for this book of Philemon and just look forward to what we can learn from you and how you teach us through one another. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. But he wants to start us out. Sure. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, 
and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner, also for Christ Jesus. I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be um, that might not be compulsion, but of your own accord. For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he, was wronged you at all, if he has wronged you at all or, woes, or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. To say nothing of your, own, of owing, of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that though your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greeting to you, and so do Mark and Aristocracus, and that is probably not the way you pronounce that, but that's okay, Demas and Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with your spirit. So we've read through the entire book of Philemon. Now, by the way, you probably wouldn't do that with most books. Philemon happens to be a chapter. Um, and, and so we're going to go to the question part, the observation. We've read the scripture. Um, we've asked the Lord to, to illuminate it for us. And so let's go around. Let's just talk a little bit, spend some time in observation. Uh, what, what have we observed? What, what do we learn about God? What have we learned about others and ourselves? Um, is there a command to follow, a promise to claim, or a sin to avoid? Uh, what stuck out to you as, as we read through that chapter? I think one of the things that I did just as I read through it was I underlined a few things. Yeah, it's good. Just kind of as they came out to me. And one of the things that Paul says is that he's an old man now, a prisoner also for Christ Jesus. So there's something about that statement. He says it a few times in there that he's a prisoner for Christ. And so it it leads me to wonder what that means, you know, and how that works in his life. And then um, he also calls uh, Onesimus his child. And so it makes me think about those kind of things and um, how he's looking at that through God's eyes. What does that mean? What does that mean for us? Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think that idea of the family of God mm-hmm. it is really um, so evident in, in what Paul writes here. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I um, <clears throat> Something for me that I just loved was I love that he, he said in verse 4, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Um, I just think about 
the the times that in in my life I am surrounded by so many people that I'm in fellowship with that I just I know that God brings them to mind maybe when I'm when I'm studying or when I'm praying and I just got to trust that he did that on purpose and I just love that Paul acknowledged that like I I love it when God reminds me of you and of of our fellowship together um it just stuck out to me that's good mine was close to yours but verse from verse 6 to um, verse 7, but I love how Paul is kind of encouraging so much so in this part of, you know, uh, I pray that the sharing of your faith has become more effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. But I love that he says, for I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because of the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. So he's just kind of I guess in a in a very young lingo, he's kind of gassing him up. He's you know he's really encouraging him in the fact of you know don't be discouraged on what you're doing because I'm seeing so much more through you. And he goes on later and says, I know that you will do even more than what I say. Um, and so I think in those moments, you know, I've in the times that I remember people encouraging me, you know, Paul is doing very similar in this where you know he's just really encouraging his his brother here. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, as we're recording this, it's 2024. Um, and, and as we're thinking about 2024 sensitivities, we understand that slavery um, is appalling. Uh, it certainly isn't something that, that God um, would, uh, would in any way uh, look good upon. He doesn't want us to be a slave to, to another. Um, at least not uh, not a slave in the way that we as Americans culturally understand it. I mean, we talk about being uh, a slave to God, right? We're his, we belong to him, but that's that's not what's happening here. Onesimus is actually a slave to Philemon. He's ran away, um, probably because Paul calls him a child, right? We figure he's probably got saved under Paul's teaching, but it seems like maybe Philemon has two. And so he has two spiritual children that he's writing about and this reconciliation. And, and, but, but what sticks out to me is I've, I've heard many times people say, um, and this just really got me as we were reading it, um, that the Bible doesn't talk about slavery, uh, the bad part of slavery. And yet we find how Paul deals with something that was legal, legal, uh, you know, it was an atrocity, but legal within the Roman Empire. Well, how does he deal with it? He says, look, I'm, I'm sending Onesimus back to you, but he makes it clear Onesimus is a brother in Christ. And then he puts it within Philemon's hands and say, look, legally within the culture, within the government system, he belongs to you. But we both, I mean, there's hints here, right? What do you learn about others? You learn the way that Paul sort of um, deals with Philemon. He, his, his little wink here is, but you do realize that we all belong to God. And so when he comes back, you're going to find, first of all, he's a different person. But I hope the way you treat him reflects that you're a different person too. And I love what Paul says, not that you owe me anything, right? I mean, the person probably came to Christ under his teaching. So it's not like you would be probably um, heading in a different destiny, like hell instead of heaven, had I not poured into you. But, but if anything he owes you, just charge it to me. Now, who's going to charge your spiritual father anything? And I think Paul sort of knows that, but he's like, hey, look, if you want to, do it. But, but how, do you, how do you make change in a culture where something that is so atrocious, like slavery, is legal, and you have no power over that? If Onesimus is caught as a runaway slave, 
he's done. Philemon would have a legal right to act wrongly, but you have two believers. And, and this is how culture changes, right? Paul reminds Philemon of who he is in Christ, reminds him of who Onesimus is in Christ, not right blatantly, but reminds them that we're all children of God. How are you going to teach your children? Can one child of God own another? That's what Paul's saying, right? And so I'm just sitting there going, wow. When someone says the Bible doesn't talk about slavery, it, it certainly does. There's a whole book in the Bible where part of the whole conversation, actually, I would argue the whole conversation, is about how, Philemon, how are you going to reconcile with Onesimus? Mm-hmm. And it's not just reconciliation like between me and you, Betty. Or, so, but if they can do it, a slave owner with a slave, to me it's challenging. It's like, who am I not to reconcile with a brother and sister in Christ for any other reason? Right. Yeah. I mean, just Paul challenging says it me. in such a kind way. Yes, yes, in a very Paul way, but it's loving, but like, but direct. I know. I let he. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent, in order that your goodness might not be from compulsion, but out of your own accord. Kind of saying like, I could have done this, but instead I'm sending him back to you, so that you might have him back forever. Yes. And then goes on to say, but not as a bondservant, but as a brother. And I'm sure that catches him off guard pretty heavily in the very kind Paul way that he says it. But, but I, it shows me, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, yeah, I don't think Paul's being deceptive, but when you <laughs> think about what do we learn about others, you know, here we learn with Paul that he, he, um, he allows his conversation to be one of truth, mm-hmm. one of grace, appropriate. You have the right to do really legally whatever you want, but hey, let me remind you, he doesn't say it this way, but we're citizens of heaven. What's What, what do the citizens of heaven do? It, it makes you even wonder, and of course now I'm just speculating here, but does Onesimus, does he free him and then send him with a note to Paul saying, hey, Onesimus is there to, to serve you, you yeah. know, to do it, not as a slave, but just as a brother in Christ, right? Like, like I, what's the, what's the, ob, with what Paul has written here, inspired by the mm-hmm. Spirit of God, what is the, the, the right outcome? Well, and then he says, he also says, I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of saying, there's more to this than that, but I'm going to be obedient. Yes. Because the law tells me and the law tells um, Anismus that he, he has to go back, right? And so there's an obedience there. But then towards the end of the letter, he says, I'm confident of your obedience, Yes. by the way. And I think he so, probably is. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't think it's deceptive. I think he... Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have no reason to believe that he didn't believe that Philemon was a man of God mm-hmm. who's in this culture, who's probably saved, has enough wealth to have slaves. Not everyone would have the wealth to have slaves. Um, and, and what he's saying is, is you're growing in Christ. And that brings me back to, was it, what verse was that, Elijah, you and Ryan? Was it seven? Seven is the... Uh, mm-hmm. Six through seven. Six through seven. Elijah quoted four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so he's thanking God, and then he goes down, and he says, um, and this is a verse that really sticks out to me too, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. So yeah, it's verse six. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you take that verse and, and pose it on um, the rest where he's talking about this reconciliation between Onesimus and, and Philemon, and you go, okay, there's something about the sharing of our faith, being authentic believers in Christ, that helps in the discipleship process. Think about that's pretty amazing, right? But he's saying, basically, if you're living what you believe, it's going to affect your relationship with Onesimus, mm-hmm. 
which is going to make you understand that even though this is legal, hmm. it's not right. Yeah. And, and to me, that's just God-inspired brilliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because if Paul had kept him, he'd been breaking the law. Now, does it mean we don't break the law? We answer to God over over the laws of the land, right? Our first priority, I think, of the crew when they're before um, the religious council, you know, he says to Peter and all them, you know, you don't preach the gospel. And they say, look, look, we want to obey you, but we got to obey God first. So Paul could say to Onesimus, look, God doesn't want you to be a slave. Just stay with me. But he doesn't, right? There's something bigger at work here um, that's going to happen in Onesimus' life and Philemon's life and Paul gets to be a part of it. It's just a brilliant picture of dealing with difficulty in a way that's really so God-honoring yeah. and allows for growth to happen. He doesn't tell Philemon what to do. He just sort of encourages them as a mentor. Mm-hmm. Well, and he states, you know, for this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while. This is in verse 15, mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. might have him back forever. So there's things going through his mind already. He's prayed about it. We know that. He's not just making a rash decision. And so... I have to also believe that as he's praying and considering it, he's being led by God to do certain things as well. Mm-hmm. And so we can rely on that even in our own lives, right, as we're being led to do certain things, if we're keeping it in prayer and wow. looking to God for the, right, for the right decision to make. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we, if we move from observation down to application, a um, couple questions that we can ask ourselves. God, what should I do as a result of reading this, right? Because we don't just read the word for academic knowledge. We want to read it so that God mm-hmm. can use it in our life. Um, so what, what, you know, what, what does God want me to do? What should I do with this as a result of reading this? And then they also want us to also ask, how would I tell what I've learned to others, to someone mm-hmm. else, right? Because those things which we repeat often are something we can, we can easily remember and embody. And so what, what is it? What, what's your takeaway? I guess what I say, and not just a takeaway as far as head knowledge, but a takeaway mm-hmm. as far as soul nourishment. Uh, God, you know, use this in my life. Yeah, I mean, verse 17 really speaks, speaks out because I love how Paul is, and it's this whole letter, but Paul is speaking on behalf of a brother who is being wronged by another brother. So a lot of times I think in, in I guess I'll say my, my own personal life since application is I'm very good at defending my own self. So if somebody step, does something wrong to me, I can defend my own self. But to sit back and say that I don't witness other people being wronged by other brothers in Christ would, or sisters in Christ would be a lie. And so I love how Paul you know, goes in and says, if you consider me a partner, then receive him as you would receive me. And so that's just kind of the, and of course, you know, treat everybody as you would want to be treated. But, you know, Paul very boldly speaks out and says, this is something that I'm seeing that is happening. Not, I mean, Paul could have just stood back and just kind of let it be, but he's kind of, I, I talked about David a long, long time ago, but he's stepping into the, he's stepping in between these two brothers, Onesimus and Philemon, to kind of resolve something here, but also but resolve it in a way that Christ would want it to be resolved. And he even says, you know, yes, I do want something from you, but I want it for the Lord. I want you to refresh my heart in Christ. Mm. That's what I want. Um, I want you two to be reconciled together again. And that's really powerful. Like when I, when I heard you say that, something that really jumped out to me was, you know, again, Paul, Paul has invested in both of these individuals enough mm-hmm. to where he would say, you know, 
he's assuming he's saying if we were part, but we are they are partners, right? Right. Treat him as if you would treat me. Well, that that shows that he's built yeah. a relationship with Philemon that allows for this conversation yeah. to have meaning and power yeah. and and appropriateness, right? Of of saying these things, and he loves both of them enough, yes. to do it, yes, to say like you were. <laughs> I mean. Like it's I like said, relationally, in the, in am the I there with way, people, right? He's saying, you're not treating him yeah. as you would treat me. Yeah. And he's also saying he's not putting himself above anybody. Yeah. No. So those, he's, he's everybody's on the same Yeah, and I love how he says, there. if you yeah. can c- consider me a partner, yes. not if you consider me a mentor or you consider me a blank. He's not putting himself above. Mm-hmm. That's a good insight. He's not putting yeah. himself above. He's like, if you consider me an equal, one who speaks, you know. Well, he even calls himself in the greeting there a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. an apostle. I mean, he is an apostle, so he could have written Ralph the Bat and said, "Look, I'm an apostle. Just do what I say." Mm-hmm. But I mean, he actually picks a, a submissive way of of mm-hmm. that, that's interesting, Ryan. That, that just really sticks out to me when you say that. Mm-hmm. How many times do I go into a, a reconciliation type conversation? Do you know who I am? Yeah. Versus yeah. that humility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that speaks that speaks right into the application portion for me. I love um I love verse 8 and he says, "Though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you." Mm-hmm. I think about the times that I am just I'm digging into God's word and it's I'm I'm sort of having the 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 faith moment in my life of just feeling feeling God's presence and feeling connected to him and then I witness something where I feel like I could speak to that or I, I feel like I could I could encourage somebody in something. I'm this this portion reminds me that Paul Paul had Paul had the the connection to Christ and the wisdom of 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 what God's call was and the boldness. I love he said the bold I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do such a thing, but yet for love's sake, you know, I, I appeal to you because he understood the he understood the the element of of love and the relational element there. And that I just I think is so important when I think about having conversations with others because I like I could be in a place where I just feel like I'm really connecting with God and I understand what he's saying, but I should be entering into these conversations with with love and with grace and going into them like like sure I you know I could have a boldness in Christ because I know what God calls me to do, but I should still approach that situation with with love, yeah, you know, yeah. and appeal to them. And I love how Paul does it because then he brings Paul says Paul says, no, no, I'm on your level. It's what we're talking about. Like, I'm here with you, you know? Even though I have, I'm bold in Christ. Christ is in me a lot, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling him that way. But I'm bringing myself down, I'm bringing myself down to here. Just being reminded of that, you know? Absolutely. Betty? Well, he starts, just to go on what you said with, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. So he is praying for, uh, yeah. you know, he's praying for him. He is not, um, he's not just... Again, in that relationship. There's an example aspect. to follow right there, right? Right. Yeah. He's he's praying for him. He th- he's thankful. He's so grateful for those relationships. We can take so many things for granted in our life, and relationships is one of them, right? And uh, how important it is to remember that. I'm reminded of the community that is so important in reading this letter. I think that that is something that uh, I find such uh, it 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 gives me such um, hope you know, to be able to be in community with others, and that's needed. Yeah, I, I think, you know, 
the letter just is speaking for itself because we're we're all centering around just sort of this relational reality that, that Paul's writing about, who he is to them, who they are to God. And so verse uh, 6 to me is that idea of sharing your faith. And, and uh, you know, it's, and I pray that in the sharing of your faith, you be, may be more, become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that we have in Christ Jesus, for the sake of Christ Jesus. And, and, and just the idea that whether the sharing of that faith is talking about, you know, the, the sharing of our faith, right? We're, we're all in the same faith. These people are on the same faith. And, and that should make a difference in our relationships, but it's also living it out. I mean, it's just a, there's, a, there's a lot there for me to wrap my mind around. But for me, there's just a challenge of understanding that if, I, if I've had the shared faith of other believers, my relationship with them should really represent that. It should, mm-hmm. should, it should look like that um, if, we're, if we're really in Christ and one in Christ. And then that should be a witness to the world around us. And, and then the crazy thing is that somehow it's, it's that, that that allows for me to be a real disciple, that I grow in that. And how easy it is to sort of think, well, if that person's difficult... Mm-hmm. It, it, where instead of saying, well, here's an opportunity for me to grow, or, you know, I'm different than that person. Well, here's an opportunity for me to grow. We have this shared faith. How does that form me? And do I let it form me? And so, you know, not, you know just an application for me is, I, mean, I, I just want to make sure my relationships with fellow believers allows it, uh, I allow that opportunity to form me in Christ so that I can be helpful to them and then also be a, a better witness for those outside <laughs> who are looking. You know, my life. Yeah. Well, as we as we sort of wrap up, Elijah, you know, we won't wrap up the episode. We'll wrap up, wrap up sort of our our time of study of Philemon. If you just sort of pray for us in this observation, each of us sort of these relational um, applications that we're making and a challenging that you know challenge of of living this out. Would you just pray over us, and then I'll I'll yeah. cl- bring some closing thoughts. Father God, we just thank you so much um, for this time that we've been able to spend together and and dig into your word, Lord. We thank you um, that your word is living and active and that you want to speak to us through your word, that you want to um, use your word to to guide us and to teach us, Lord. And so we thank you for... this time that we've spent together, we thank you for the the insights that you've given each of us, Lord, and we just ask that um, as we go from this place, would the things that we've read, Lord, these things that we've observed, um, these applications that we've that we've gained, would you just help us to implement them, Lord? Would you just um, continue to 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 feed us through the things that the things that we've read? And um, Lord, we just thank you so much um, for your word and for how you work in and through our lives. We thank you. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. I just want to point out that, that as we've went through the soap study together, there's four of us here. And so if you had more people, you, you know, it may take a little longer, um, but it may not take much more. Usually, usually when you have a group of four, um, everyone talks. If you have a group of 12, um, you get about four to six who will talk more than the others. Um, but we, we invested about 25 minutes in the study of Philemon. And, and as, we, as we did that... Um, the wealth of, of what God has brought forward is, is pretty extraordinary. Uh, how we learn from one another, the Spirit of God, um, through his observations, has brought up much. Um, I would say, you know, and, and we'll talk about this because all of us are part of, of, of groups. Um, if everyone's prepared, it's even richer. So yeah, if everyone's is, actually yeah. done this before they show up, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be a whole lot more shared, right? Because you had time to let it sort of marinate in your spirit when you have the conversation. 
And so I would always encourage people within the Connect group to be prepared when they come. Um, but I think it does show that even with no preparation, the guy can use SOAP and, and use this type of discussion to move our discipleship ball forward, so, so to speak. You know, that there's changing power there. And, um, and so talk to me, as, as Connect group participants, leaders, you know, people have been a part of groups for a while, you know, give some encouragement, some insights as we just go around, wrap up real quick, you know, sort of the, this, this SOAP episode. Um, speak to those who are in groups, but especially the leaders who are leading them. Betty, will you start us out and we'll go? Sure. I think um, the actual acronym SOAP is important. You follow that. So you look at the observation. People speak about the things that they saw, and some of the people around this table said things different than I was thinking. And now I have to go back. I have to because my heart wants to go back and read it again and uh, write down some of those other thoughts that came to mind with that. So I appreciate looking at it with that observation and then beginning to apply it. The people around in your groups, or even if it's just two of you, Whatever it is that's looking at the scripture, it's very important and it's eye-opening, really eye-opening. Yeah, the the times the the groups that I'm a part of, I'm, I'm a part of a connect group now. Um, the times that I have I have done the work ahead of time, um, I feel like the conversations have always been much deeper. And even just I can speak even just to myself, the 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 confidence I have in being able to go into it and and know that I read it and stuff and. Um, I feel like the the fellowship element of having the time together, um, the there's much more much more time in that group for our each other's insights and applications to sort of all come together and that conversation to form. Um, again, today's a perfect example of going in with none of that prep for it to still be a very powerful experience. But I can just speak to um, such a such a benefit um, to taking that that time ahead and just reading it on your own so that you can come um, come ready for that discussion. Yeah, I think the big, I mean, for me, I, I do love soap. And, you know, there's, there's, I think, pros and cons to every way that you study scripture. And in, in the group that I lead, you know, I, the benefit of them studying ahead of time would allow for so much more fruitful conversation because in the group that I lead, they're so hesitant to speak on scripture because they don't want to do an injustice to it, or they don't want to mess it up, or they're afraid to uh, pray or anything. And, you know, I truly do, and I will echo this to anybody that's listening, is doing it ahead of time gives you that encouragement, that prep to be able to speak on it. You know, I think we've all been a part of groups in a way that where you ask if anybody wants to pray and no one raises their hand because they're afraid. They're they're nervous or they're apprehensive to do that. And I can get that. I can see that a lot in the group, some of the groups that I lead when it comes to SOAP is they're afraid to, you know, what if my observation is dumb? What if my application doesn't mean anything? Um, and so there's a lot of hesitancy that they come into. And just as Paul says in Verse 6 is that you will become more effective in your faith by doing the donkey work, so to speak, beforehand. Because if you do come in, you're coming in unprepared. You can't deny if, you've, if you hadn't done it beforehand, you're coming in a little unprepared. And so you may be a little bit more apprehensive to just say what's off the top of your head. And so I do encourage doing it beforehand. Um, 
even if it's, and I'll say this, even if it's just right before you come in, at least engaging with it for a split second before you get in there, it will allow you to become more effective because the only way that you're going to become more effective is by doing it. Um, and sure, there's cool things that happen when it's raw and organic like we just did today. But um, at the end of the day, preparing and prepping is going to ultimately lead to more fruitful conversation. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, the, the raw and organic part is going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. If you're all prepared, you didn't do the study together. Uh, you're doing it together now. But what you share, like Betty was saying, you know, when you hear someone else bring up something, you go, man, I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it at all. Um, and then you go back to it and you discuss it. The other thing I would say, too, is what I find really interesting is we didn't say, I think. We went to Scripture. So mm-hmm. when you when you use yep. SOAP, it, scripture interprets Scripture, which is a, is a hermeneutic principle, a way of studying Scripture. Scripture interprets Scripture. So we went back to, we said, well, verse 6 sort of ties in with verse 17, which sort of ties in. So we used the Bible to lead us through that observational process. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of reading between the lines we needed to do. The little bit we did uh, was assumptions that the Bible itself gives us mm-hmm. to, to assume. And, and so there is some confidence there. The other thing I would say is time. Um, Paul was able to write this, first of all, because he's inspired by the Holy Spirit and he's an apostle, but let's, he puts himself as a prisoner because he pe- spent time with Onesimus, he spent time with Philemon, and so this can happen. If you're a leader out there, um, as time goes on, there will be a greater familiarity with soap, there'll be a greater familiarity with one another. Um, it's interesting to me how many times it, I have gotten frustrated as a leader because people aren't comfortable praying or aren't comfortable sharing, and then I think, well, we've only been together. And I want to say it this way. We've only been together for a couple or a few months. Our connect groups, by the way, meet every other week. So if you've been together for three months, you've only really been together once a week for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, I talked to a connect leader who was working through SOAP. And so our group is is just trying to wrap their mind around this. And we've been doing it for like two months. And I said, well, actually, you've only done it four times. Uh, because you made it out of every other week. And so, you know, give yourself a little grace as a leader. Give them a lot of grace as those you're leading. Um, but over time, um, man, those conversations can become amazing and celebrate the person who shares who didn't share the week before mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, but there's power in that. Uh, there's power in allowing for just uh, the word to be the word and to have those discussions. And like I said, we didn't, none of us came in prepared. Ryan didn't even know what book we were looking at until I gave him the sheet. And I did that on purpose. I didn't know pre work either. I actually just printed it off and forced myself, and I say forced myself, not to even look at it until I handed them out because I wanted to show without preparation, it's pretty rich. Yeah with preparation, it's going to be much, much richer. Um, and so let me just encourage you with that. If you have any questions, I mean, we, we got people here who would love to help you. You can use this in your personal time with God. In fact, I would encourage you to do so as a church right now. We're reading through the New Testament, and we're encouraging people to use soap every morning as they read through that. Actually, five days a week. We have a five-day-a-week. Um, so if you miss a couple of days, if you're listening to this or you're part of the church and you're like three months into it, just start today. Don't, don't go back. Just start today. 
and, and, and use it. And then I hope you're in a connect group because there's nothing like taking that stuff that God's showing us in our personal time and, and at least taking a portion of that and sharing it within the group. There's power in fellowship mm-hmm. and, and working through those things. But but I hope this is helpful to you. If you're not a part of Crosswinds, it's, it certainly should be helpful for you. This is an hours. Uh, again, Wayne Cadero, um, who um, is a person I've respected for many years, came up with this. I've been doing this in my personal study for, for many, many years now. Um, it has been life-changing for me. I have people say, is that enough? And it's interesting. I actually sat with a group with Wayne Cadero. Um, there was about 20 of us pastors, and the question was asked, is this enough? And he says, it's been enough for me. And at that time, he had pastored for like 30-some years. Um, and, and just to say this, and, and then I'll wrap us up, um, there was a study done years ago now called the Reveal Survey. And in that Reveal Survey, um, they one of the questions they wanted to find out was, of the people who took the survey, and thousands of churches t- took it, um, who was the most biblically literate uh, church um, of those who took the survey? And uh, there may have been hundreds of churches who took it anyway, many churches. Um, and it was the church that Wayne Cadero pastored uh, that was the most biblically literate. And and when they really asked him, you know, why goodness, how many classes are you doing? You know, do they have classes on the Bible? The only thing they do is soap. Uh, they do soap for their personal study. They do soap for their group study. Um, that was it. And, and basically, they go. We go through the New Testament, and the next year we'll do the Old. But for them, they just go through the Scripture every year. They have a Bible reading plan, and they just go through it. And this is what they do. So for those who say, "Is it enough?" It must be pretty much enough, um, mm-hmm. because uh, there wasn't even a church close to that. And I know churches who do a whole lot more as far as time, offering classes and so forth. But but sometimes simple is 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 powerful. Mm-hmm. And um, this this is what they do there. And so if it's helpful, great. Um, if not, um, well, it is helpful. So just do it. Uh, anyway, uh, just join, join us next week. Uh, we'll have another podcast for you. But if we can help you with this whole soap thing, reach out to us at crosswinds.church. I say this all the time. This is where you can find out more about the podcast. You can find out more about Crosswinds. Guess what? You can find out more about soap. Um, it's right. It'll be right there on our website. Go there. Uh, you can download that. If you have questions, let us know. You say, I have questions. I'm not a part of Crosswinds. We don't care. Reach out to us. Uh, we're here to help you. If, you, if, you're, if you're part of this podcast family, uh, you're part of us, and, and we're here to help each other grow in Christ. And if we can be of help to you, uh, that would be great. Um, thank you so much uh, for uh, Ryan and Elijah and Betty being a part of this, especially for Betty reading the greeting part with all the names and and Ryan, uh, you know, a part of uh, reading some of those names too. And I think all of us read some names, but Betty had the most, and so she gets the the gold star. Uh, but thanks for doing that. For now, I uh, hope you join us next week. But be blessed, bless others, soap away. Mm-hmm.